And we're back. A Monday morning, and you know what that means. Dreamers, welcome back to the Isolation Station Club. This is Daz Does Disney, and I'm your host. It's me, it's me, it's the DOZ. Landed the Daz Don't kicking your week off the right way with a little bit of Disney news coming out of the house of the mess in Orlando, Florida. We're talking Walt Disney World. Hopefully you had a good week, a good previous week as well, because we didn't have an episode last week. If you were paying attention to previous episodes, I did say I was taking last week off. Um, uh, because uh, there was a Diablo 4 uh, slam the server beta and I wanted to take part in slamming the servers. I appreciate those who reached out and asked if I was okay. Totally fine. Just wanted to play Diablo 4. Diablo 4 dropped at the beginning of uh, uh, June. Totally looking forward to it. But we're not here to talk about Diablo. We are here to talk about news coming out of Walt Disney World. And uh, last few episodes, I've been going solo. But in the time that I've been off, in the time that I've been away from the virtual studios of the Isolation Station of Love, I have put up the pod bat signal. I have reached across the podcasting multiverse and I bring you friends, my friends. At this time, I want to bring on my co-host, my tag team partner for today's episode. You know him. You love him. He is the reason that we keep the lights on here in the Isolation Station of Love. He's the pod father himself. He's Papa freaking Monorail. It's Justin Monorail, ladies and gentlemen. Jay, how we doing today? I'm doing good. I just would like everyone to know that I'm here for Diablo 4 conversation. <laughs> and uh, if that's not what we're doing, then I, I'm going to have to put my demon hunter back in in his in his coop for a little while i guess well uh, unfortunately the uh the demon hunter has not made it yet to the Di- uh diablo oh 4. no <laughs> yeah that's uh that's uh, strictly a uh, diablo 3 thing maybe it'll be introduced in future uh diablo dlc um uh but we can talk about how they totally nerfed the dps of the necromancer from one oh, no. beta to another and as somebody who is totally looking forward to rolling a necromane that upsets me but I don't think that's what we're actually here to talk about, though, right? <laughs> okay. All right. That's fair. <laughs> I guess we can switch from Demon Hunter to Disney, which may be synonymous, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, there uh, there, there might be some uh, demon hunting or uh, demon uh, that are trying to hunt Disney, uh, but we'll get to those uh, news stories in a segment, uh, in a second, rather. Awesome. This is going to be a phenomenal podcast, everybody. <laughs> Buckle up. Uh, but... Uh, Right now, we're going to go to uh, everybody's favorite news segment. And this is going to be one of the longest ones that we've had. It's This Week in Disney History. Turn down for what? All right, this week in Disney history, we are looking through the dates, May 21st through May 27th. And, uh, just going to tell you, this might be one of the rare instances where we have something every day when it comes to uh, this week in Disney history. So uh, 
This is going to be one for the ages, which is appropriate since this is a segment where we look back on things in history. But since this is going to be one of the longer ones, I guess I should shut up and get to it. We're going to start May 21st, 1999, a refurbished Main Street Electrical Parade returns to the Magic Kingdom for a limited engagement just in time for Walt Disney World's Millennium Celebration, which will begin on October 1st of 1999. Now, this iteration of the parade will run through April of 2001. I am a massive fan of the Main Street Electrical Parade. I... I, I I love the nighttime entertainment that Magic Kingdom has currently, has had recently. Well, tolerate what they had recently. Um, I miss Main Street Electrical Parade. To me, like that screams just vintage, old school Disney. Just hearing that soundtrack makes me feel like I'm a little Landon again, lined up along the streets in the Magic Kingdom, watching that parade go by just immediately transports me back there. I hate that it's no longer there. Makes me kind of jealous that Disneyland gets it every now and then and uh, kind of wish that it would make a return to the Magic Kingdom. But uh, anyway, uh, May 22nd, we're going all the way back 1968. Uh, Walt Disney Travel Company is incorporated in Florida. The company will uh, work with travel agents and individuals planning vacation to the yet-to-be-opened Walt Disney World Resort. Uh, this service will be expanded to California four years later. May 23rd, 2001, an attraction you might know called the Magic Carpets of Aladdin Sword Life at Disney's Magic Kingdom. Uh, based on the 1992 film Aladdin, guests ride aboard one of 16 rugs surrounded by a giant genie lamp. Located in Adventureland, the attraction design is very similar to the Dumbo Flying Elephant attraction, and the uh, Magic Kingdom Park is the first Disney theme park in the world to have the magic carpets of Aladdin. This is something I didn't realize until I was doing research for today's episode. Uh, uh, a second location will open in 2002 at Walt Disney Studio Parks, and a third in 2011 will open at Tokyo Disney Sea. Um, uh, it's just a spinny, twirly ride, and <clears throat> Tokyo Disney Sea got one in uh, 2011. And for a park like Disney Sea, kind of. All right, sure, whatever. All right, sticking May 23rd, but this time we're uh, jumping in time to 2019 River of Lights comes to a close at Animal Kingdom, located in the park's Discovery River Lagoon between uh, Discovery Island and Expedition Everest. The show featured uh, water fountains, mist screens, floating lanterns, fire effects, lasers, lights, fog, and projection mapping. A retooled version of the show featuring animated characters titled River of Lights, We Are Run, will debut the next evening. And then on May 24th, 2017, this has been six years in the making, it's Pandora, the world of Avatar, it's dedicated in Disney's Animal Kingdom. The uh, new land, which features rides, a restaurant, and immersive entertainment, is based on James Cameron's 2009 movie Avatar. Attractions include uh, the Navi River Journey, where riders can see the bioluminescent quality of the uh, planet's fictional plant life. And then, of course, the uh, pretty awesome Avatar Flight of Passage, where, you know, you uh, hop on the back of a uh, banshee and you fly 
through Navi. And I mean, oh, just such a great experience. And it makes you feel like you're there so much so that my uh, mom nearly uh, freaked the geek out the one time that she flew on a flight of passage. And after I explained to her, no, you're not actually dive bombing and making all these crazy cuts and running from angry uh other banshee she's like oh well now that i know i'm you know not about to die i really had a good time so ringing endorsement from the lotus and then uh, once again uh may 24th 2019 uh, rivers of light we are one as previously mentioned uh, makes its debut in animal kingdom it is of course a, a retooled version of river of lights uh may 25th this one doesn't have a date because uh this is a timeless piece of disney news happy birthday goofy that's right. This Thursday is the Goofmeister's birthday, so be sure and celebrate by uh, watching your favorite sports Goofy cartoon, uh, maybe watching a Goofy movie or a Goof Troop episode or two. Uh, however you celebrate, uh, happy birthday, Goofy. Uh, you are uh, one of the best. But also on this date, May 25th, uh, 1986, today is the last day Epcot guests will hear the original narration of the Spaceship Earth attraction. It will be replaced with a new narration by legendary newsman Walter Cronkite, along with a new ending song, which will debut the next day, May 26, 1986. Since opening day in 1982, Spaceship Earth has featured actor Lawrence Dobkin as the narrator, along with a simple, quiet, orchestral composition through, throughout the attraction. A new theme song called Tomorrow's Child has been composed for the ending of the attraction, which will be redesigned with projected images of children on screens to help fit with the theme of Tomorrow's Child. May 25th, 1990, here come the Muppets. We're talking a live action and puppet stage show based on the Muppets. That is going to be opening at at the time, Disney MGM Studios in the park. Uh, hi there, Frank and Jen of Dillo's Diz. Uh, this will be replaced by the voyage of the Little Mermaid in 1992. So in the scheme of things, not a long run for uh, Here Come the Muppets. And uh, as somebody who likes to fancy themselves of the hashtag Save the Muppets movement, uh, I'm not super familiar with the Here Come the Muppets live action and puppet stage show uh, that took place in the at the time disney mgm studio so if uh you have any experience with that holler at us on the uh, social media at does does disney or uh, me personally at land does and then uh, finally for may 25th at least we're heading to 1998 the newly expanded disney orlando animation studio opens at disney world the new magic of disney animation tour includes an expanded viewing area where guests are able to meet disney animation artists and see ongoing work on future animated releases. I think that sounds pretty cool. It kind of also sounds very similar to what uh, Universal Studios was kind of doing with uh, Nickelodeon Studios kind of back in the day and uh, stuff like that. And But also kind of talks to what uh, MGM Studios was kind of wanting to do as well Then kind of has gotten away from since it moved away from the Disney MGM Studio moniker and has gone all Hollywood Studios. But, you know, I think it's kind of cool that uh, you, I mean, meeting a Disney animation artist, that'd be pretty dope. Just kind of talking. Well, I, I don't know if you have full-blown Q&A meet and greet type situation, but, you know, one can dream in this hypothetical situation here in uh, the year of 2023. 
May 26, 1983, the Epcot Outreach Information Area opens in Communa Core West. It is an educational cul-de-sac where guests can investigate at length any of Epcot Center's major themes or other Disney-related information. Graphic displays line the walls leading up to a counter where a staff of researchers, including a librarian, can attempt to answer any questions guests may have. And I can only imagine the horrible, horrible questions uh, said researchers and librarian would have to answer in this day and age, including, do you have a Battletoads? Do you have Battletoads? May 26, 1990, Mickey's Starland opens in the Magic Kingdom. Uh, originally, this was known as Mickey's Birthday Land, uh, which opened in 1998, and it will later be renamed as Mickey's Toontown Fair. This just this area just seemed like it was fighting for an identity, and eventually it couldn't find one, so it got bulldozed. Uh, May 26, 2017, a new presentation called uh, The Music of Pixar Live, a symphony of characters, begins at Disney's Hollywood Studios. It's uh, presented three times nightly. It's staged at the park's Theater of the Stars, which is the uh, longtime home of the Beauty and the Beast live on stage show. Uh, the production features tunes from Pixar scores, such as, uh, you know, films ranging from Toy Stories to, at the time, new film Cars 3. I know this is a segment going back in time and talking about stuff, but uh, new film at the time Cars 3. Oof. Makes you feel a little old. Makes you feel a little old there, don't it? And then finally, huh. on this week in Disney history, it is May 27th, 1995. Uh, this is a eatery that if you've been in Magic Kingdom, I have no doubt that you or somebody in your party, somebody that you love, or somebody that loves you, has gotten a drink or gotten a bite to eat at, has visited. The Coca-Cola Refreshment Corner, located on Main Street in Magic Kingdom, is renamed. Now, you, now you might be saying, that, that doesn't, doesn't, doesn't ring a bell. Well, doesn't ring a bell because it's renamed to Casey's Corner. The uh, counter service eatery uh, specializes in hot dogs, french fries, and refreshments. Uh, me, personally, I'm a big fan of those uh, corn dog nuggets. Corn dog nuggets with the... Uh, Cheese sauce on the side, or as uh, a lot of people like to call it on the uh, Diz Twitter. <laughs> um, uh, plastic cheese. Big fan of the plastic cheese with the uh, corn dog nuggets. Uh, May 27th, 2016. Starting on this Friday night, Disney's Animal Kingdom features nocturnal entertainment for the first time. We're talking, this includes projections on the signature Tree of Life and nighttime tours of the savannah where lions giraffes and monkeys will be roaming around the park stays open until 11 p.m which at the time was a first for again at the time 18 year old disney's animal kingdom at the um uh, the park had previously closed around 6 p.m and uh still in the ballpark ish i think i see it's like like 7 p.m ish these days and sometime extended park hours i I don't know, um, uh, but definitely doesn't stay open till 11 p.m. Uh, Disney had carefully designed lighting and soundtracks to ensure that animals won't be disturbed, which I appreciate because, as I've said before on this podcast and previous podcasts, uh, well, 
and other podcasts that I've uh, appeared on. Uh, while Disney's Animal Kingdom is a theme park, it's also a zoo and you need to take care of the permanent residents there. Uh, you know, the animals. May 27th, 2017, we already mentioned the dedication. So uh, let's talk about the opening of Pandora World of Avatar uh, located within Disney's Animal Kingdom uh, opens to the public. Um, uh, this is still one of the coolest areas, not only in Disney's Animal Kingdom, but just in all of Disney period. It's like you can be meh on the Avatar films, both the original and the Way of Water. Uh, and I think that's totally a justified reaction to the movies. Um, I think they're visually impressive. Story-wise, plot-wise, they're kind of there. <laughs> um, I don't think they're anything to write home about, but when it comes to the visual graphics and I guess the world building, but when it comes to the graphics, which is what I think Pandora, the world of Avatar in the park really builds upon and emphasizes. I think it's really cool. And what the Imagineers, particularly Joe Rohde and his crew did for Pandora in Animal Kingdom is incredible, particularly it's like now granted it doesn't get as late as 11 o'clock like uh, it did back in 2016. But when it starts to get dark in Pandora and the quote unquote plant life starts to light up and you see those bioluminescence, Pandora at night is just, mm, it's breathtaking. It is such an amazing sight to see. One of the most unique things you can see on Disney property. Highly recommend. But on May 27th, 2017, Pandora opens to the public. And uh, mm, this is a little bit of a, uh, of a uh, tricky one for our last piece of this day in Disney history news. Uh, May 27th. 2020. Now, uh, y'all remember what happened in 2020. Um, a whole damn world caught fire. But uh, on May 27th, 2020, the Walt Disney World officials proposed a plan that would allow it to begin reopening theme parks on July 11th. Now, uh, Walt Disney World had been closed since mid-March due to the COVID-19 pandemic. The phased reopening plan is presented on this morning during a meeting with Orange County uh, Economic Recovery Task Force. Under the plan, Magic Kingdom and Animal Kingdom would open on July 11th. Epcot and Hollywood Studios would then later open on July 15th. The plan must be endorsed by Orange County Mayor Jerry Demings and Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. <clears throat> Moving on, uh, the phased reopening of Disney Springs continues with the opening of several Disney-owned locations, including World of Disney, Marketplace Co-op, Deluxe Burgers. Uh, signage at the entrance reminds guests of the new rulings, including social distancing, wearing a face covering, and washing hands frequently. Um, 2020 is always going to be one of those times that is just going to be so surreal that we went through and uh i feel very fortunate that i made it through and i'm so thankful that you made it through but i also remember those that didn't make it through it and um not something to lose sight of and you could tell me that 2020 was two weeks ago and i'd believe you or you could more accurately tell me 2020 was 
citing May 27th. It was three years ago. And be like, yeah, sure, that sounds good. It, like 2020 broke my brain when it comes to the ability to tell time. And it broke my brain in a lot of elements. And I don't think I'm alone in that. And uh, mm. really don't have a good transition out of this. It's just uh, don't forget what we went through. And um, glad we at least made it through that part. Uh, I guess just keep washing your hands and uh, be smart and uh, take care of each other. Okay, so let's talk some Disney news and let's just go ahead and talk about the um, elephant in the room from a galaxy far, far away. Um, uh, this past week. Let's, let's it, wait, wait, wait. Can we call it the Bantha in the room? That would be way more on brand. This is why you are much better at this than I am, oh. Justin Monorail. <laughs> I appreciate that. The Bantha in the room from a galaxy far, far away. Uh, Disney, to the shock of some, and by some, I mean at least me, has announced that the Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser will be closing permanently on October 1st of this year in an official announcement from disney they said quote the final voyage of the star wars galactic star cruiser will take place september 28th through the 30th 2023 star wars galactic star cruiser is one of the most creative projects ever and has been praised by our guests and recognized for setting a new bar of innovation and immersive entertainment the premium experience gave us the opportunity to try new things on a smaller scale of 100 rooms and while we take what we've learned to create future experiences that can reach more of our guests and fans we will be contacting guests booked for voyages departing on or after September 30th to discuss their options and modify their plans. To prioritize these guests, we are pausing new bookings until May 26th, which, by the way, that is uh, upcoming Friday if you're listening to the day this podcast drops. Uh, to continue in the statement, we are so proud of all of our cast members and Imagineers who brought Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser to life and look forward to delivering an excellent experience for guests during the remaining voyages over the coming months, end quote. Um... Wow. Uh, I don't think it's breaking news that the Star Cruiser was kind of struggling in the eyes of some. Um, but for Disney to pull the plug at this point, at least to me, this is a shocking development. It is. Um, you would think that they would continue to try to modify pricing or maybe adjust the experience a little bit to try to get more people in there because they had pulled a Hail Mary in the past year in that they brought travel agents in. They were filling the place with travel agents, hosting them for free so they would go out and promote the experience. And then they announced these huge discounts for cast members and pass holders to take advantage of. I mean, and now just and it wasn't that long ago that they announced no. the the pass holder it was 30%, right? I think it yeah. was 30%. Yes, uh I if, if it wasn't 30%, it was somewhere in that ballpark. I don't know yeah. that that exact number, but yeah, it so, was it, it was a significant discount. It was. So to come out shortly after that and just be like, well, I guess we're just shutting the place down. It it, it is a surprise. But, you know, this is something coming speaking as someone who is working closely in the Orlando hospitality industry, I can tell you that we've had our eyes on this at my company. And the thought is 
this place must just be bleeding money. I, I, I would say that, you know, when, when it was first announced, the Galactic Star Cruiser, we, as a, as the morning monorail fam, looked at it and we were like, oh, this looks so exciting. This will be so cool. As details started to come out, I cooled on it because I was like, it's it's too expensive when we learned the price. I was like, I, I started looking at the packed full itinerary. I was like, I don't want every second of every day going from one experience to another. And I know you could opt in and opt out of that stuff. But I was like, this is just not what I was looking for. And I and I think I want to give us credit because Pat on the back. I think we as a Disney podcast really nailed the fact that this was missing the mark of what mo ge the general populace of Disney fan was looking for. Disney created a luxury experience and essentially they made it at a price point where only those people who are maybe upper middle class or upper class could really afford considering the entry price for two nights was like $4,800 or whatever. Mm -hmm. I mean, who, who is, who can really justify that? You're, if, if you're marketing a luxury experience, the experience you got was not necessarily, I think, what someone who would want to spend that kind of money would be looking for, which I'm thinking would be like, you know, spas and and recreation, relaxation and, and upscale food and drink and all this kind of thing. But what you got on the ship was actually this immersive role playing cosplay experience. Well, I hate to tell you, but the people who want to do that can't spend that much money on a two night trip. <laughs> Typically. I'm just speaking generally. Well, and what you said, I think, is spot on. Particularly, it's like that price point. That price point left this ship dead in space from day one. I mean, and for what they were charging and what they were giving, it. I and as Star Wars fans, it's like we like like I wanted this to succeed. I thought this was this was an amazing idea. It's like you're telling me this is a fully immersive Star Wars experience, and you want how much for it? And what you said for a two-night experience, a two-night experience, just just north of five grand. It's like, do you know what you could get for five grand on Disney property? A really nice stay, like club level, at a deluxe yeah. resort for a few nights. Yeah, not two nights. And yeah. and and it's like I know you say you could you could have opted out on the itinerary on the Galactic Star Cruiser. But if you opt out on those experiences, you're opting out on why you go there yeah. for the fully immersive role-playing experience where you're, you know, gonna be the traitor uh, that uh, turns over the rebels or uh, your experience becoming Chewbacca's best friend, which I mean, like, like as somebody who loves Chewbacca, it's like, that sounds like a dream for me. And then it's like, here's the price tag for it. And I'm like, nope, we're not doing that. And, 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 and it's like, but I am I'm I'm stunned that Disney didn't just slash the prices across the board. It's like we you you mentioned that they introduced cast members and AP discounts. I'm surprised they didn't just like break out the red marker and be like, okay, we're we're going fifty percent off on everything, regardless if you're a cast yeah. member, if you're an AP, if you're a DVC member. We're just going to try and see if we can fill this thing up, if we can book it all the way through the year, if we can get butts in space seats, so people will spend money for this because from what we heard it's like you you had nate on uh on the pass holder lounge and he sounded like this is one of the most amazing things he ever did yeah, and true. as a star wars fan 
Like that, to me, it's like, oh my God, yes, I want to do that. And then I go and look at it and it's like, well, damn, there's that sticker shock again that will always keep me from doing that. And it's like, I, I do want to push back on something you said. It's like, this is something only for upper middle class and 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 the and and the wealthy. It's like I do think it's like people do budget and do save for trips, and 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 they don't have to be necessarily upper middle class or wealthy. I mean, in the most part, that is going to be how it plays out. But but people can budget and people can save. They can sock away their money for that. And I am bummed out for those people, those Star Wars fans who aren't in those financial brackets, who have been saving for the Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser since it was announced. And when you did get that itinerary and they weren't scared off by that price point, or maybe they've been saving since it was initially announced. They've been putting away, you know, 15% on this paycheck, 10% on this paycheck. Well, can't put away any because it's Christmas. All right, well, I'll put 10% here. They've been saving for this trip and Disney's like, well, final uh, final voyage into September, which by the way, that final voyage totally sold out. And I'm willing to bet we're going to see most of the voyages that are still available for the Galactic Star Cruiser are going to sell out because this is now a hot commodity. This is something that is never going to happen again yeah. when it comes to Disney. Yeah. No, and, and you're right. That's fair. I, I guess what I'm saying is I, I think when I think of like people who don't fit into the higher income brackets, the way that you make that work is to save and maybe you cut corners here and there or mm -hmm. cut your budget here and there to get there. And that's and that's all I'm really saying is that you have to really work for it. Otherwise, it you know, it, it's just not going to be for two nights. And by the way, less than 48 hours. Yeah, um, well, and yes, again, it's like that's that's one thing that still blows my mind. It's like they want how much for how little time you're going to be on yeah. the Galactic Star Cruiser. Right. And, yeah. And, mm, mm. So and, and I think to get back to where I started with this are the observations that we've come to are that the reason that they cannot cut the prices anymore is because it must cost so much to operate that if they were to go 50 percent on their prices or whatever, then they would just be making either no money or losing money at that point. Um, you know, from from however much they're paying the the cast members, you know, who who are on the ship, and and then you know the food and and whatever else. And the performers but, as well. Yeah. 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 Well, so, and 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 uh, we, we got another story coming up where Disney is uh, trying to save money on a much bigger scale. But it, it's like, I even though i do think and and there's no way you can you can cut this any other way it's like i think i i think the star wars galactic star cruiser is going to go down as one of disney's biggest swing and misses i mean it, it's like and and this comes from from a massive star wars fan and it pains me to say that because it's like i like like the idea of this sounds incredible but the price point what you got for it and just the short amount of time you got in this star wars bubble in this world just i don't think the price point lived up to it i don't think there's any way you can fairly look at it and say this isn't a failure yeah but i hate that because i'm afraid in the future this is going to keep disney and the brilliant imagineers that they employ i'm afraid this is going to keep them from going for the gusto for the lack of a better yeah. term because they tried some stuff on this, and I applaud them for going out there and 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 doing the damn thing, for the lack of a better term. Yeah, 
I, I think that's true. I and I'm not going to dance on the grave of the Galactic Star Cruiser. I, yes, thank you. I've seen a lot of people doing that on so just like 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 why why are you doing that? Like, no, like, I I'm not going to do that. That's not my intent. I because honestly, my hope was it would change and they would adjust. Prices would come down. The experience would change, and they would find a way to make it work. Um, I I actually really thought that was a possibility because I thought maybe year one, the first eighteen months, it was just going to be. Well, we know we've got this demand of people who want to do this, so we're going to charge a lot and make it mm-hmm. crazy and build up that anticipation uh, and then eventually start to tweak it. So it it's sad to see it go. Um, and like you said, if, if this is any indication on the future of Disney projects and, and maybe they just don't go for something this crazy in the future, that's sad too. Um, but I will say... I think that there have been some moves that Disney's made in the in the parks in the last few years where I think they're, oh, we know what the guests want. We know the kind of experience guests want. And then they just do that instead of actually listening to what guests want. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm hoping that that's maybe a change that comes from this. And, and I would agree with that. I'm going to put you on the spot. Uh, do you think we'll see any incorporation of what we saw on the Galactic Star Cruiser into Galaxy's Edge, into any of the parks, and another follow-up. Do you do, like like? What do you think Disney's going to do with with that chunk of property that uh, that the Star Cruiser took up? Because I've seen some like Google Map shots. It's like some people's like, oh, they'll just they'll just expand. Uh, they'll they'll bulldoze that down and expand uh, Galaxy's Edge. It's like that is like like the Galactic Star Cruiser was kind of a ways away like 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 there's like roads and stuff like like it's it it would be a hell of an expansion job that's all i'm saying it's not like it's it's in relationship to like you know say muppet vision 3d to uh to rise of the resistance or anything like that like some people think it might be yeah they'd have to do some work uh definitely and, and maybe tighten up that space but they could i i think that more than likely it just gets bulldozed um sadly um, will we see any of these elements sort of incorporated in Galaxy's Edge? I don't know because what I what I fear is that it's it's it would be a cost increase, and they feel like it didn't work. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I my my hope was always that um, Ogas would eventually start to get more of the atmosphere and more characters sort of like hanging out in there. Uh, and that hasn't happened. I loved Ogos. I love Ogos, by the way. I'm not. I'm. I think it's great. Um, but it's different than what they initially initially pitched. Um, and, and I know things change. But I did get the impression that there were going to be more immersive, like character experiences in Ogos and things like that. So I don't know. Maybe, maybe they try to incorporate a little bit of that. But I, I sort of think this will just be one of those things that. You know, it, it'll live. It'll live in legend for the people who got to do it at Disney, mm-hmm. and then we won't see something similar to that for a while. Well, at least Defunct Land is going to have a hell of an episode to post here and here in like six months on YouTube. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it, it, uh, to the point everybody had that idea. Uh, Defunct Land was trending on Twitter uh, last Thursday when this announcement was made. Uh, but another announcement that was made uh, on Thursday uh, when. They announced they were turning out the lights of the Galactic Star Cruiser. Uh, we made reference to it earlier when Disney announced they were pulling the plug on another big project. A billion dollar project was when uh, Disney 
Parks Chair Josh DeMauro announced to employees that the company will not proceed forward with plans to create a headquarter at Lake Nona, Florida. The move would have brought roughly 2,000 employees to Florida, but uh, as the state government has been uh, kind of uh, at odds, we'll just say, with Disney, uh, and Disney has reorganized divisions, uh, Disney uh, has decided to move in a different way. Uh, in the announcement, uh, DeMauro said, quote, team, I want to let you know uh, that we began communication regarding our updated plans to the Lake Nona campus. As many of you know, the company has decided to build a new Disney campus in Lake Nona, and many cast members, Imagineers, and employees were asked to commit to make a move to Florida. While some were excited about the new campus, I know this is a decision and the circumstances surrounding it have been difficult for others. Given the considerable changes that have occurred since the announcement of this project, including new leadership and changing business conditions, we have decided not to move forward with construction of the campus. Uh, this was not an easy decision to make, but I believe it is the right one. As a result, we will no longer be asking our employees to relocate. For those who have already moved, we will talk to you individually about your situation, including the possibility of moving you back. Um, uh, and later in the statement, we are committed to our teams who call Central Florida home and to all of our cast members around the world. I want to thank you for your continued dedication to Disney parks, experiences and products for delivering world-class entertainment for our guest, Josh. Uh, the site, or excuse me, end quote. Uh, the site plan, which uh, called for uh, six office buildings, two flex space buildings, and a central plant totaling in over 1.8 square, 1.8 million square feet of space. Uh, like I said, that was looking at roughly a billion dollars uh, from Disney. And I saw, I believe it was the Orlando Sentinel put an estimation over five years that was going to bring in uh, at least five billion dollars to the central uh, Florida area. Um, uh, and when asked about uh, the pulling of the plug on that uh, development in the Lake Nona headquarters. Uh, or or Orange County Mayor uh, Jerry Dinnings issued a st uh, the statement saying, quote, it's unfortunate that Disney will not be moving forward with construction of the Lake Nona campus. However, these are consequences when there isn't an inclusive and collaborative work environment between the state of Florida and the business community. Uh, we will continue to work closely with our valued partners at Disney, end quote. Um, uh, for those of you who can't read, in between the lines, the uh, statement that Dennings put out uh, places the blame squarely at noted uh, Disney villain, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. Now, I did say uh, Ron DeSantis' name, and you can't say uh, Putin's name without him having to get his two cents in on it. So, of course... Uh, DeSantis, uh, his team issued a statement saying, quote, Disney announced the possibilities of a Lake Nona campus nearly two years ago. Nothing ever came of the project and the state was unsure whether it would come to fruition. Given the company's uh, financial straits, falling market cap and declining stock price, it's unsurprising that they would restructure their business operations and cancel unsuccessful ventures, end quote. So DeSantis is saying this isn't his fault. This has nothing to do with his ongoing war with uh, Disney, but out now i mean like it doesn't take a brain surgeon uh, so to speak to think <laughs> that you know uh one has anything to do with the uh other and uh, by the way this is the only time we're going to talk about ron DeSantis in the episode you guys this is the least we got to talk about this guy in a long time oh i'm so happy uh but um 
I do want to point out, going back to, I believe it was uh, the Orlando Sentinel. They did say uh, as of or as late as March of this year, Disney was still filing paperwork and updates for the Lake Nona project. So DeSantis's people to say that Disney hadn't been doing anything. I mean, shock of all shockers uh, is flat out false. So yeah. I like like Disney. It seems like is tightening the. Uh, tightening the belt so to speak and uh and uh paying more attention to the finances and i mean it's like like we're even seeing that on disney plus where where, where they're cutting a bunch of content right. for, for financial reasons as well so i mean you you couple this announcement you couple the disney plus content announcement and going back to the uh to the galactic star cruiser announcement so yeah it's it's a combo of things you know um i think that Iger, in a lot of ways of course, was brought in to help fix Disney's reputation following Chapik, but he was also brought in to right the ship a little bit here because, you know, we are kind of globally, it looks like we're heading toward, not globally, but at least in the United States, maybe globally, heading into like a bit of a recession, possibly, maybe a light recession. I hope it's a light recession. I hope so too, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, and so businesses are start, are trying to restructure and prepare for that. So some of that's true. But also, this was an easy thing to take off the board, given the ongoing litigation between Disney and the state of Florida. And so, you know, I I think that both things can be true at the same time. And I think that Disney, for sure, um, reconsidered based on, you know, I I would imagine that the litigation that's going to be going on between Disney and, and the state is going to last a while. It's not going to, this is not going to be neat and tidy and end up in a couple of months. This is going to be years long kind of thing. And and then just depending on it, you know, that does the state or DeSantis lose interest because maybe there's something else that they decide to go after, or maybe, I don't know, his political position changes or whatever it may be, you know, maybe it goes away at that point, but I, it, it's hard not to say that that was a factor. It definitely was a factor. The the ongoing disputes, the difference of opinion, um, and I think that uh, Mayor Denny was correct. Um, when when you, when you're a company like Disney, who added the inclusion key uh, recently to their corporate culture, then how can you say that you're really, um, you know, living that culture? If you bring your a big portion of your corporate business to a state where lately inclusion, especially for the LGBTQ plus community, has sort of been under attack. And, you know, that hits pretty close to home in this household. And I got to tell you, for me, it's one of those things where I feel like I got to keep an eye on it because if things get worse and things don't change... I think for the goodness of my family, I'm I might have to consider leaving the state at some point. So, you know, I mean, I I cannot say I blame you for having to take care of the household. And honestly, I I I I hate that it's it's it, it's come to this. I I think it's 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 childish. And um, uh, quite frankly, at the end of the day, it's like how people want to live their lives doesn't really impact you. Um, uh, Noted Disney villain, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, and uh, I think you're kind of an. A- 
So, um, uh, well, now we've got another political story that we can transition over to. I mean, oh, it shouldn't be. Uh, it should not be, but here we are, 2023. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> let's get into it. Um, uh, I, I'll, I'll do it. A live action Little Mermaid meet and greet begins May 26th at Disney's Hollywood Studios. Here's the announcement. Beginning May 26th to celebrate the opening of Disney's film, quote-unquote, The Little Mermaid. Guests will be able to visit with Ariel from the new live-action story, quote-unquote, The Little Mermaid, at Disneyland Resort and at Walt Disney World. Uh, actually, let's call it Walt Disney Presents in Disney's Hollywood Studios at Walt Disney Yeah, that's Disney that World. area where you could see uh, uh, the one-man dream Walt yeah. film. Yeah, where you could see a bunch of props and stuff. That's a, that's a cool little area. Have you ever been back there? I have. Yeah, I love it. Uh-huh, um, yep, a cool little fan. film, and it, and it has uh, air conditioning. Big fan of that. Yeah, no problem with that at all. Um, you can find the meet and greet on your My Disney Experience app. And here's the thing, if we just want to get into it. Th the reason that this is political is because, of course, in the live-action Little Mermaid that is, is heading to theaters, um, people have a problem with the fact that the Little Mermaid is not a redhead light-skinned person and i say who freaking cares mm -hmm. why do we care you shouldn't care it's it's 2023 20, uh Haley berry uh seems to be killing it in uh in being cast as ariel and like it the, the the one that really just just breaks my brain unfortunately it's like okay yeah it's like racist on the internet they're gonna find anything to cry racist over People are crying that it's not a natural redhead. It's like, I'm sorry. Do what now? <laughs> it's also do a mermaid. Now? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Also, it's not a real mermaid. Like, like, like what? What the hell's going on? <laughs> yeah. Like, get off the internet. Like, like, like. I, I, I. What is it? People go touch grass. Touch grass. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Get other things to worry. That that's the thing that really I think gets to me about stuff like this is we're talking about fictional stories with mythological characters it's all fake uh -huh. it can be anything you want it to be and and that's fine them dragons on game of thrones weren't real either calm down <laughs> yeah it's fine it's totally fine so anyways yeah it's it's just it's annoying that that has to be political it shouldn't be i i think it's awesome because guess what there are a lot of little girls that are going to go meet this Ariel that a don't care at all, and little boys too. Mm -hmm. um, sorry, I just shouldn't have said little girl, little little girls and little boys who will go meet this Ariel and not care. Also, there are going to be plenty of little boys and little girls that are excited for the representation. One thousand percent. Yep. If, it's all positive unless you make it negative. So stop making things negative. Bingo! I love that. Can, can can we put that on a bumper sticker? Do people still use bumper stickers? Yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. I I, I see all those. Yeah. Uh, all right. Yeah, we need to make bumper stickers great. Wait, no, I'm not, I'm, I'm going to stop mm. that one. Up. Uh, but speaking on the uh, Little Mermaid live meet and greet that's taking place in Hollywood Studios, uh, guess who are going to be there. Uh, they can also find in the Walt Disney Presents Gallery uh, movies and props from the upcoming movie, as well as a 10-minute preview of the live-action remake of The Little Mermaid. Uh, the previews and props will be available for, quote, a limited time, although cast members at this time of recording are not sure when it will end. And as Jay previously mentioned, 
uh, starting this Friday, May 26th, guests will be able to uh, meet the live-action version of Ariel in the uh, Walt Disney Presents area. And again, uh, the end date for that meet-and-greet has not been announced, but uh, I would imagine... This is going to be a limited time experience, probably for the run of this film in theaters. If I had to guess, if I had to guess, but uh, I mean, it's like, like have fun with it. I mean, it's, it's it's a little mermaid y'all come on. I mean, it's, it's, it's not Schindler's list. Come on. Jeez. I just had a little thought in my head of someone making this counter argument of saying, well, what if I take my child to go meet Ariel and they ask, why doesn't Ariel look like the cartoon? Because I, I've heard people say stuff like that before, and I'm like, you can't, as a parent, you can't handle that conversation. Really? <laughs> That's too much for you? <laughs> Ooh, we're in trouble. Dang, Jay over here spitting hot fire. Spitting hot fire. And speaking of spitting hot fire, Disney is announcing the return of Spittin' Hot Fire because after a temporary suspending of the fire-breathing effect for Maleficent in the Disney World Festival of Fantasy Parade on April 23rd, 23rd, uh, the effect has returned uh, this as, and this is as of uh, May 16th, so that was Tuesday of last week. Now, you might remember um, uh, they paused the fire-breathing effect on the Maleficent Dragon in the parade after... Unfortunately, the uh, dragon in uh, on the left coast in Fantasmic went just up in flames. The whole daggone thing. I mean, granted, it did look cool. True or false, that dragon had just done the ghost pepper challenge. Uh, I'm going to say true. I think so. Oh, and, and, and speaking of that, I know this is a Walt Disney World podcast, but uh, update on that. Disney has announced that uh, Fantasmic will not be returning to Disneyland. This is Disneyland only through at least Labor Day. Wow. Yeah, so apparently the fire uh, really, well, obviously it messed up the dragon. Oh, it, burned, it did. It, yeah, damage. it burned it pretty much to, uh, to the core. But I would imagine uh, the fire and any burning remnants that uh, might have dropped below it. Because if you've seen Fantasmic, like Sorcerer Mickey comes up from the ground. So maybe maybe it burned some of the uh, mechanics for, for the Mickey lift uh, and any of the surrounding stage. So for it to be down for, I mean, like, yeah. like we're recording this on May 21st. So, I mean, we're practically at the end of May. So we'll just say May's over. That's June, July, August, beginning of September. So that's, that's three solid months that Disney land is going to need to repair and bring phantasmic back up and running but again that's that's disneyland only as of now as of this recording hollywood studio still has its version of phantasmic so so that is that is good and it's also good that uh the fire breathing effect of the melissa of the maleficent dragon in the uh festival of fantasy parade is back because it's like i love that parade and that is always one of the highlights it's like oh yeah it's like i I, I, I know I'm a metal kid and it's cliche of me to say, oh, that's metal. But it's 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 a steam but it is metal. dragon breathing fire. <laughs> that is metal. I mean, come yeah. on, guys. Come on. It looks metal. The the little crow characters that walk around with it, those guys are cool. Like it's it's such a cool section of the parade, but yeah, that having having Maleficent blow fire it, it's such a nice punctuation and, and it's it's definitely a climax of that parade i've gotten some cool pictures of it but i was gonna say this picture on this article that you sent me from blog mickey is so freaking cool 
of the fire coming out of the steampunk dragon's mouth. It's, oh, it's just uh, oh, oh, the one on the banner. Yeah, on the banner. Yeah. It's yeah, great. it's it, it's great. It's like like Blood and Mickey takes some really daggone good pictures. It's like like not only is it a good place for aggregating news, but I mean like like if uh if you want some good pictures of Disney, check it out. But it, it's like I do understand why Disney paused the fire breathing effect in Disney World, even though you know Disneyland had the full blown fire meltdown. No pun intended. Because if it, it's not that long ago in the scheme of things. The Disney World version yeah. of the Maleficent Dragon did catch fire during a parade. Yeah, it did. Which I mean, that that that, that also was metal, but still, <laughs> it was pretty cool to see. <laughs> that's that's one thing that we've gotten from the two fire incidents is that there have been some really cool videos and pictures of the dragons burning, which is also really metal. And thankfully, nobody was hurt in those right. incidents. Exactly. So, yeah. That's why we. That's why we can talk about it this way. Exactly. Yeah, we don't have to. Talk about it in hushed tones. <laughs> and now we remember, you know, uh, Josephus. Right. Moment it was so for... cool to see, but it was a shame all those people burned to death. <laughs> that doesn't go well. No, no. It's like, it's like I, I know we always wanted the Haunted Mansion to get, you know, their thousandth uh, uh, guest, but, but not like that. Not no. like that, Disney! <laughs> oh, by the way, there was a new trailer for the for Haunted Mansion. Uh, yeah, I'm excited. That's gonna be a fun movie. It's, it's like it's like I know I know initially I was like on the fence. It just looked like they they took a haunted house movie and put the haunted mansion name on top of it. But it's like I'm I'm in. I'm on board. Uh, yeah, I was on board from day one. I know oh, I you know were a little you were. skeptical, but I, I'm, I, yeah, uh -huh. I'm ready. I am ready. It's gonna but, be a uh, good one. Um, uh, we're gonna we're gonna talk some uh, character meet and greets, some uh, refurbs and some returns. We're gonna head back over to Hollywood Studios, uh, Pixar Place has reopened in Hollywood Studios with a light retheming. Now, previously, the location was themed just for The Incredibles, uh, but now uh, some new graphics and updates uh, contain nods to other franchises under the Pixar umbrella, which I think is cool uh, that they're celebrating the entire Pixar catalog, including a uh, previously featured meet and greet that was in Hollywood Studios. It's now in the Pixar area. Now, while you will still find most characters from The Incredibles there, uh, the door is seemingly open to create a space for more Pixar characters that uh, they could visit. You're gonna be finding Mr. and Mrs. Incredible. You're gonna be finding uh, Frozone. You're gonna be finding the uh, still incredibly terrifying Edna Mode <laughs> uh, meet and greet. That thing is terrifying. Uh, also, you can get those, uh, what is it? The uh, Num Num cookies, the Jack Jack Num Num cookies. Uh, yeah, that's that's, right. uh, th that's where you find those, and then uh, making... overrated. Really, I was I was gonna ask. I've never had those, but people seem to love them. But you think they're overrated? Uh, it's it's a big chocolate chip cookie. I mean, okay. You know right. what? You know what? Maybe I'm just anti cookie because I don't necessarily love the stuff that comes from Gideon's either. So, huh? Okay. Well, you know what? I'm gonna agree with you on that one. We'll see. There you go. That's why we're on this podcast together. Anti-cookie. We're very anti-cookie on this podcast. Yeah, yeah. Take that with your 40-minute wait for big-ass cookies that I could never finish and then feel <laughs> bad that I spent seven ninety five for. Yeah. Sorry so I derailed you. You don't need to be wasting an entire bag of chocolate chips on one cookie, Gideon. No, that, you don't. That, 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 that seems just wasteful. And, and but, but, I mean, also American at the same time, if we're being <laughs> but uh, in addition to the cast of uh, The Incredibles, you can also find Sully 
from Monsters Inc. Now, Sully is making his debut in the Pixar Pier or the Pixar Pier, Pixar Place area because uh, Ariel is now making residence where Sully previously was. But there's also other, you know, tips of the cap to other uh, Pixar films in uh, the area. They have uh, montages that give reference to uh, Coco, <laughs> Finding Nemo. Um, uh, but it is still a lot of incredible stuff. So you, so if you are a fan, well, yeah, well, it's incredible, and the Incredibles are there. No, I mean, there it's you, a lot of incredible stuff. I see, I see what you did there. Uh, you, you got the uh, the uh, Luxo uh, lamp in a uh, in a big uh, big blown up billboard type thing, so you can get your uh, picture in front of that. There's also a bunch of Jack Jacks spread out throughout the area because you know Jack Jack likes to multiply and uh, make copies of himself and stuff like that. Because <laughs> uh, Jack Jack apparently has all the powers. Because that's fun. It's like um. As many times as I've been to Hollywood Studios, Pixar Place, I've never been once. Well, it's been closed for a long time. I, I think once they converted it over to Municiburg, I okay, I'm just gonna say this as I remember it, and I may be totally wrong. I feel like that happened post COVID. Like when it opened up, it was Municiburg. And then it closed down for reasons unbeknownst to me and now it's free open to something else maybe i'm totally remembering that wrong uh, no i am wrong because it, when it first opened it must have been maybe like right before covid or something i just remember going back there after they sort of unveiled it and they had all these little you know touches to the incredible films that um i went back there a few times it was like totally empty um, so you weren't the only person who didn't go back there. Oh, there we go. Well, well, maybe that's the reason they decided to uh, retheme it and fix it up. Uh, uh, it does say there are still some leftovers from the uh, Municiburg theming. Uh, there's uh, signage for like the uh, Edna Mode uh, business, some uh, Dementia 113 movie, uh, the raccoon that fought Jack-Jack in uh, Incredibles uh, 2, uh, DevTech, uh, Plaza Branch, and stuff like that. Little touches to the uh, Municiburg, I guess, era of the uh, Pixar, Pixar place. Yeah. Uh, but there's also the Edna Mode experience you can find back there. And that's, uh, that is reopened. Uh, that's where you're going to find the exclusive meeting spot for the previously mentioned terrifying Edna Mode from The Incredibles. And in the queue, which I think is cool, if you are a fan of The Incredibles, you'll be able to see the suits that Edna has made for Heroes from the Incredibles, as well as some of the accolades that Edna has received over the years. So it's like, I, I think it's cool that, I mean, like, okay, yeah, it's a queue. You're waiting in line to meet a character, but at the same time, they're they're dressing up the queue to make it feel like, oh, you're you're fully immersed. Um, it's it's like 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 this is you're you're in Edna's workshop for the lack of a better term. I think that's cool. I was looking up the timeline just to correct myself. Municiburg officially opened in Hollywood Studios in January of 2019. So I wasn't that far off. It was it was pre-COVID. It had a year uh, of a run before it got shuttered. And that must be what happened. I guess it just hasn't opened since COVID is essentially what, what we're talking about here. Okay. All right. And, and then when they reopened it back up, now it's more of a, of a general Pixar experience. And I think that's smart. I think that's the right move. Yeah, I, I, I think it's cool that all these Pixar characters have a spot of their own. I mean, uh, Mr. and Mrs. Incredible are back there. Uh, they've moved from uh, where you could previously find them at their Echo Lake location, uh, Frozone. Uh, he was doing physically distanced encounters in the Chinese theater. Remember, physically distanced encounters. That's going to uh, 
um, uh, come into our next story. And then uh, the previously mentioned Sully has moved from the Walt Disney uh, Presents area to uh, make his new home in the Pixar Palace. And like I said, like like with the theming, there's tips of the caps and homages to other Pixar films. So, I mean, what's not to say that other Pixar characters won't be showing up for meet and greets in the future? I, I, I love the fact that Disney is leaving that open for a possibility. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Do you have a Pixar character that you would like to meet off the top of your head that you haven't? Mm, that I have not. Putting you on the spot in oh, the hot no. seat. <laughs> I mean, Mr. and Mrs. Incredible. I mean, like, like that is, that is, I, I have yet to meet them, but like The Incredibles oh. is my favorite Pixar movie. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. Well, you're going to be able to do that. I will be able to do that because, because I've, I've met Buzz, I've met Woody. Um, uh, I have you met? Remy the Rat. I've got the magic shots with him, but I have not met Remy himself. Yeah, he's not usually out. Like, he comes out for special occasions. Yeah, I was going to say, I was unaware that there was a meet and greet for Remy. Yeah, he was out for the marathon or the half marathon that just happened. Well, like, then I did. will never meet Remy. <laughs> have you seen how I look? My body is not built for speed. It is built for comfort. There you go. Well... It's, it's interesting. Uh, I wonder if someday we'll get like a, uh, uh, well, we do have, so, so the Coco's got a presence and sometimes you get to see Miguel, like oh, the I, little Miguel marionette. That, that would, that would be cool. That, um, like, 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 like a Miguel meet and greet would be cool. Yeah. Yeah. I, the funny thing is uh, other, from the, the cast uh, of characters that I'm thinking about, I think all the ones you'd really want to meet are are pretty much available somewhere. So. Yeah, I was gonna say, and it's like I mean, it's like like Finding Nemo slash Dory doesn't really do anything for me, but at the same time, it's like how are how are you gonna have a meet and greet with a fish? <laughs> well, they do it with Crush. Yeah, but 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 that's like a show experience. Yeah, it's true. They could Which, do a similar thing with Dory and Nemo, I guess. But again, that doesn't do anything for me. Okay. Fair enough. Well, let's wait, talk about wait, Buzz. Wait, 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 is, 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 is Brave Pixar? Brave is Pixar, right? I have, I, I have not that's met That's so me. funny because I always forget. I think yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. It's like, is it Pixar or is it Disney animated? It's like, it's like I have not met Mirida and I would I would like to do that. And unfortunately, her meet and greet has just been taken over. So. But but hey, I, 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 love it. I, I, I love Encanto, so I look forward to meeting Mirabelle the next time I'm in the Magic Kingdom. There you go. Yes, it is. By the way, it is Pixar. I, I feel like I always am on the wrong side when I make a, a choice on on whether or not Brave <laughs> is Pixar or not. So it is. Yeah, it that, is. yeah, that was around the time when like uh, Pixar, uh, Pixar and uh, Disney animation kind of like we're we're crossing stars in the night. It's like it's like they they met right in the middle. Yeah. 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 I so. never never met Mirida. That. That that would have been a cool meet and greet, but yeah, you uh, you mentioned it, and I kind of teased it with the uh, social distancing. Let's talk about Buzz in the Magic Kingdom because uh, Buzz Lightyear has returned to his uh, pre-COVID meet and greet in the Magic Kingdom. Uh, Guests hoping to get a high five and an autograph, well, a stamped autograph from Buzz Lightyear, can now find him in the traditional Tomorrowland location. Uh, Buzz Lightyear meet and greet at the Buzz Lightyear Space Ranger Spin Exit Courtyard uh, is now there. And uh, now previously, Buzz was found in the Tomorrowland Rocket Tower Plaza stage, but it was a physically distant sighting, you know, due to uh, the whole COVID thing, kind of like we were talking about how Frozone was doing 
physically distant meet and greet, but uh, it seems that those restrictions are now, uh, I guess, lifted. Lifted. And you can now go up, hug Buzz Lightyear, and, you know, do your kung fu moves and, and flex your muscles with a uh, Space Ranger and uh, all that cool stuff. So I Did think you ever cool. see... Did you ever see the the walk around Buzz Lightyear that uh, popped into the Disneyland Resort after the movie Lightyear came out? Did you see him? No, I never did. It was interesting, um, but you know that's not what my Buzz looks like. Yeah, and hashtag I'm, not my Buzz. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna plant my flag in the sand about that. Exactly. How dare they change how my character looked? No, um, and how it sounds. It doesn't sound like that dude from from Tool Time. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> that, that that buzz sounds a lot like Captain America to me. Um, but what, this, what you mean, Falcon? <laughs> this new, um, I like that he's got an updated look too. He looks better. I bet that suit is like he, more he, functional. He too. looks a little slimmer too. Like yeah. like 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 maybe maybe Buzz during uh, during the COVID quarantine has been you know uh, like like hitting the, the the Peloton or something. He could. He was. He was. He was setting personal records on the Peloton. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Get that Peloton bod buzz. But but yeah, I could only imagine. It's like like granted, I don't think any of these character meeting uh, like like character. Oh, how how do I say this without breaking kayfabe? Um, I don't think any of these characters are built for the Florida heat. Mm-hmm. Totally nailed it. Um. But that buzz uh, has to be uh, be extra swampy with uh, since you know it's built for space and there's a lot of a lot of bulk to it because because I because I, I know the one in uh, in Hollywood Studios when when I got my hug and went went to hug it's like there's there's a whole lot of bulk to put your arms around for a hug. Yeah, he's more of a fist bump kind of guy. Yeah, I realized that after the fact. Thank you very much, Jay. <laughs> <laughs> it's sort of like uh, like. Um... Baymax. Baymax is more of a fist bump kind of guy. I don't know, but you see Baymax, he's so soft and squishy, you just won't give him a hug. <laughs> it's true. You want to. <laughs> but, but you probably shouldn't. Probably shouldn't. And then finally, we're going to close on some ticket updates and also updates for annual pass holders. Disney has uh, confirmed a uh, rumor that had been floating around uh, last week. Uh, they're announcing something called a VI pass holder days starting for a limited time in June. Um, now details will be forthcoming, but Disney put out an announcement with some bullet points saying, quote, no, it's not your imagination anew. Uh, pass holder magnets are coming. Uh, check out a sneak peek video and see if it sparks any guesses as to who it will feature. Uh, we later found out it's going to be my dude Figment. Figment's going to be on the uh, new uh, pass holder magnet, and it looks like it's going to be in the animation style of the new Mickey and Minnie shorts, which I think is just going to be super awesome. Uh, now, pass holders will have a limited time exclusive space to rest and cool off with dedicated seating subject to availability. Uh, pass holders can enjoy increased discounts on select merchandise and dining locations across Walt Disney World resorts, including select uh, Epcot International and Flower Garden Outdoor Kitchens. Uh, new pass holder exclusive treats will be available for purchase and pass holders will also get a chance to capture memories for their latest park visits with two limited time of photo ops. All right. I, as, as, as a pass holder, I think that's cool um, that they're giving us bang for our buck because we've given them a lot of bucks. So it's about time they give us some 
dang bang. Um, uh, <laughs> uh, and and I like collecting the uh, the AP uh, magnets. And if it, if it's gonna be figment, oh hell yeah, I'm super down for that. Now it's like the 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 treats and stuff like that. I'm generally out on because it's stuff that I really don't care for. But I mean, if, if there's gonna be increased discounts on merchandise and dining options, cool, sounds good to me. But on top of that, it's like I'm a I'm a honk for photo ops as well. And if there's special AP photo ops, sign me up. Now we don't know what these are at this time, and as soon as we figure out what they are, we'll come and let you know. But uh, I I think it's awesome that they they that they're giving more to their APs than they have in the past. It's nice to get some appreciation for sure. I think we hear a lot about how pass holders in Central Florida for the Central Florida parks are not very valued because it's more the transient guest that brings in the money. Chapik said, pass holders don't spend any monies in our parks. Any monies. That's correct. Uh, but he's wrong about that. I spend a lot of monies in your parks, particularly on food and drinks. Um, so it is nice. I, I'm excited to see these limited time pass holder uh, rela relaxation spots. I wonder where yes. those are going to be and what mm -hmm. those are going to look like. But yeah, discounts are good, and who doesn't love a nice new magnet? That's exciting. I mean, I'm like, like I'm I'm running out of real estate on my uh, fridge for magnets. But if uh, you tell me it's a uh, figment AP magnet, I will find real estate for that because uh, that's legit. <laughs> of course. And then you know, figment's my dude. So so gotta gotta find that. And uh, finally. Uh, Disney has announced a new summer ticket offer, and um, uh, I think this is kind of this is kind of a good deal if you're going to be down in the parks uh, anytime past May 23rd for the summer. Uh, and in, in their announcement, they say, "quote This summer, you won't want to miss our special new seasonal ticket offer, which will help you make your next Walt Disney World vacation extra magical from experiencing the rush of the new Tron Light Cycle Run." presented by Enterprise at Magic Kingdom Park and delighting in the spectacle of Fantasmic at Disney's Hollywood Studios to setting out on a thrilling, thrilling white water adventure of Cali River Rapids at Disney's Animal Kingdom theme park. That's what they put in the announcement. All right, Disney, and <laughs> testing your very own concept car through its paces, <laughs> untested. Who the hell wrote this? Presented by Chevrolet. Uh, it's the perfect time to take advantage of our special offer. Okay, terrible announcement aside, I do think this is a pretty okay uh, deal. Oh, yeah. May 23rd, you can purchase four-day, four-park magic tickets for $99 per day, plus tax. Now that comes out to a total of $396 total plus tax, which that includes one day of admission to each of the four theme parks for a total of four admissions on four separate days. So that I'm assuming there's no park hopper option. Yeah. But I'm willing to bet if you wanted to, Disney would let you tack that on additionally because, you know, Disney, they like money. Uh, and get this, no theme park reservations are needed. But, Jay, you mentioned how uh, sometimes uh, Florida APs are slept upon. If you're a Florida resident without said AP, Florida resident Disney Summer Magic tickets beginning May 16th. So this is already in, this is already being offered. Florida residents can purchase the Disney Summer Magic Ticket, which offers value and flexi flexibility for the next adventure to Walt Disney World theme parks. Choose from a four-day ticket of $58 per day plus tax, coming to a total 
of $229 plus tax or a three-day ticket of $70 per day plus tax coming to a total of $209. With this ticket, advanced theme park reservations are required and subject to availability. So, um, I really think this is a great deal. Yeah, it is. It, it's also really funny because I've actually heard them advertising this on the radio here and on the local radio really? stations. Really? Really? It's getting some play on the uh, on the FM. But when they do advertise it, the voice that usually does the quick, like, you know, small print. Oh, yeah. Um, we uh-huh. we got to get this disclaimer in before the end of the commercial. Well, they mention all the blackout dates, and there's a lot of them. Uh, oh, oh, no. There is. Yeah. Yeah, it's all the holidays through the summer, essentially, you know, are blacked out. But uh, it was it's just funny because you expect that to be fast and short. And it's like, can't go from this day to this day. Can't go from this day to this day. Can't go from this day to this day. <laughs> wow. OK. All right. But yeah, no, it's it's awesome. That's a that's a smoking deal. 229 plus tax for four days. I mean, like like uh, I mean, a single a single day ticket costs a hundred and something dollars. No so. kidding. I mean, and and I mean, like, two hundred and twenty nine dollars for four days in the park, or three days in the park for two hundred nine dollars. Now, granted, yeah, you're still spending north of two hundred dollars, but like Jay said, one day you're spending what, like, 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 what do you say, one twenty, somewhere in that ballpark, depending on what day you're going. Yeah, somewhere in that range, yeah. And then, yeah. uh, and then it's like uh, me, the smoking hot girlfriend, and uh, and and the ambassador, her uh, her daughter. We have a trip coming up here in a couple weeks, and uh, we bought her uh, four uh, one day passes, and we were looking at uh, what we spent on her, and it's like if we had uh, that four day uh, or that four park magic ticket, we could probably saved a couple hundred dollars on that. So it's like even yeah. if you're not a Florida resident, and 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 you're going to be planning. A trip down to down to Disney this summer, you might want to look into it. And if you want to vi- learn more, uh, DisneyWorld.com slash uh, Four Park Magic hashtag uh, not a sponsorship, but Disney were totally open. But uh, also, I did click on that link, and here's what I have found: you can add the park hopper option for forty more dollars a ticket. Um, so that's pretty good. Just forty bucks. Yeah. <laughs> this really does sound like an ad now. Um, oh, shut up! <laughs> you can add you can add the water park and sports option for thirty five more dollars a ticket, and then the park hopper plus for fifty five more dollars a ticket. So yeah, they'll let you they'll let you plus up your ticket. But honestly, you don't need to. Like, just do the four day single park. Don't wear yourself out. Enjoy wow, the park. Wow, you can go to the water park for only forty four more dollars. That's amazing. It's you true. can get all the magic in Central Florida and more. Oh man, I really hope y'all felt me put my hands on my hips when I said that. Yeah. <laughs> and the blackout dates are May twenty sixth to May 29th, July first to July fourth, September first to September fourth. So there aren't quite as many, but it felt like a lot when he was saying. It. Plus, in the ad, I noticed he went five twenty six to five twenty nine. Four one to four four, and I was like, "That's, I guess you save time using the numbers, but it was weird." You do well, and and as somebody who's in the radio, it's like it's easier to say numbers than words. Yeah, so those are your blackout dates. Uh, go check out the website, but yeah, that's a really really good deal. Four days for you know ninety nine dollars a day for the non Florida. That's that's I like. Oh no no sorry fifty eight fifty eight. You remember when we were living in in in, in the reign of Chapic like like. Do you think we would have ever heard those numbers? 
Well, I think maybe because I do think, again, going back to our conversation about the Star Cruiser and, and then just demand at the hotels, um, you know, I, I, I think that this is an indication that the summer is looking kind of weak for, for Central Florida tourism. And they're they're trying to get people in the parks any ways they can. Well, and we have seen them starting to pull back making announcements on park reservations, maybe going the way of the dodo, uh, dining options are starting to come back. So, I mean, yeah, there might be some validity to that. And I mean, it's not like you have a job in that industry or anything, but you no, know, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that on a, a different podcast. Cause that's all we got on this episode of uh, Daz does Disney. But before we hit the dough, Jay, how about you hit the people with some plugs? Okay. First, I want to say that I would add an onward meet and greet to the Pixar place. Cause I'd like to meet Ian and Barley. I think that would be fun. Okay. Um, Or uh, the, what is she? The Manticore? I want to meet her too. Um, Coco? No, the, what is she? She got wings. She's like a lion. She breathes fire. Yeah, from Coco. And onward. The Manticore. I'm right. All right. Anyway. (laughs) Um, The only thing, so I'm off of Twitter. I've given up the Twitter habit. Good for you. Good for you. I'm on Instagram, Justin underscore Monorail. I'm also like randomly doing things on TikTok and embarrassing myself, but I don't care. It's fun. Um, so you can follow me in those places. And at some point, maybe I'll jump back onto a podcast. But but you can go and listen to old episodes of the Passholder Lounge on all of your podcatchers and also on YouTube. So you can go check that out. But for now, that's all I've got. Well, there you go. Short and sweet. And uh, the opposite of short and sweet. Follow me on Twitter. L-A-N-D-O-Z. Please go follow me. Landon Doan. I'm the best. Landon Doan. Not the rest. That's where you can follow me. 280 characters at a time. I also run a website. Buttmuchchips.com. Buttmuchchips. Sit on your butt and munch. Uh, really outdated stuff. Honestly, I could save a lot of money by just shutting that dang thing down. But uh, I haven't. So I'm going to keep plugging it. <laughs> Um, uh, you can find stuff I did in my college radio days, uh, fun stuff, uh, before the, uh, weight of the world totally crushed my soul. Uh, I also appear on the Phil show, News Talk 98.7 WOKI radio station locally here in Knoxville, Tennessee, streaming 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time at Newstalk987.com. Also available in the iHeartRadio app and the Newstalk 987 app as well. And, uh, you know, I guess here as well, you know, Dawes does Disney, uh, should be regularly scheduled, dropping episodes on Monday, except for uh, third Monday in June, because previously mentioned uh, trip I'm taking down to Florida, down to the House of the Mouse. Can't do an episode then, so uh, we should be weekly until then. I'm uh, going to keep doing it until I decide to, you know, not do it. And uh, I'll, 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 I'll give you a heads up when I decide to stop doing it. Probably. Maybe. We'll see. I don't know. But uh, Jay, any final words before we hit the dough? I think people should give Onward another chance. I think it got a bad rap when it came out during COVID. It's got a amazing cast list. You know him as the voice of Mario. Chris Pratt, Barley Lightfoot. Tom Holland plays Ian. Octavia Spencer, Julia Louis-Dreyfus, Ali Wong, John Ratzenberger. Come on, guys. Go back and revisit Onward. It's better than you think. Wait, John Ratzenberger's in a Pixar movie? When, uh, wow. <laughs> That's, that's, that's I know that's a news. shocker. Yeah. Also, I'm really glad this uh, Chris Pratt guy He's is... getting work. Wow, yeah. good for him. Good for He's him. He's getting work. Loved yeah. him when he when he had a bit part on One Tree Hill. But uh, <laughs> um, uh, and, and, and you know what? Building on what Jay said, uh, 
pulling a question of the week out of my ass. Uh, what is what is a Pixar meet and greet you want to see in the Pixar uh, place in uh, Hollywood Studios? Get at me on uh, Twitter at Does Does Disney. Oh yeah, that's where you can follow the show at Does Does Disney on Twitter. Uh, D O Z D O S. Y'all know how to spell Disney. This is the most unhinged uh, series of plugs ever, and I love it. But uh, thank a cast member. Uh, thank a team member, uh, Disney and Universal. Pay your cast members. Pay your team members a living wage. Uh, they are rock stars. They are awesome. Everything you have going on is because of them. We love coming down to your parks. Some of us tolerate spending all of uh, our money down at your parks. Without them, none of what you have happens. So treat them like they are, and they are awesome. Um, uh, be decent. To each other, you don't know what everybody else has going on in their lives. You don't know how far a kind word or a kind gesture will go. Plus, on top of that, costs you nothing to be nice. So, uh, why not be nice? And uh, be decent to yourself. Take care of yourself. I'm not talking just physically. I'm talking mentally, too, because your mental health just as important as your physical health. Hell, in this day and age, sometimes your mental health is even more important than your physical health. And uh, breathe. Have a little bit of fun. If you could do both of those things... That would mean the world to me. So for my friend Justin Monorail, my name is Landon Dove. You've been great. We've been Does Does Disney. Stay tuned for the secret sound, you Jedi scum. Better, closer, warmer. Hello. Oh, Hello. Per- there it is. Yes, yes. There's the dulcet tones of Justin Monroe. That's I got it way cranked. I don't know what's going on here. But, you know, it wouldn't be us recording if there wasn't some uh, kerfuffle on the uh, audio technical side. So, And then it's just a matter of using the, the potentiometer down here. That sounds like a made-up word. It's a real word. All right. Well, well, my uh, my my Framus uh, ambassador says that you're coming through loud and clear. All right. Well, good. <laughs> oh, but speaking of uh, renovations around the house, I might be uh, in the market for uh, hardwood or uh, redoing my carpet because uh, this past Monday, Zoe learned a new trick. She ate part of the carpet. Trying to be more responsible anyway. <laughs> look at us being grown-ups well i know me, you being grown-up me talking about grown-up stuff is as, as i drink my second beer of the day so include the navi river <clears throat> do you have battle toads oh sorry heartburn uh and burps uh, <laughs> uh including select epcot international festival and giggle <laughs> <laughs> including select <laughs> Whoa. oh wow that, that was like a, a digital like Ugh. break but you did it in real life it was crazy you know there's there's a lot of stuff i can do well heck there's even a couple things i can do very well but when it comes to graphic design that is one thing i cannot do at all thankfully i have a friend in matt and love of the mouse multimedia you know and love their work the sleek and soon-to-be-beloved logo for this very podcast, Does Does Disney, that was them. The classic morning monorail logo and all its variants, that was Love of the Mouse too. And not only does Love of the Mouse have an incredible talent for graphic design, they're easy to work with and collaborate. They listen to your ideas and suggestions, then they bring them to life. 
So if you're looking to start your own blog, podcast, YouTube channel, Etsy shop, whatever creative outlet that you're thinking of, Love of the Mouse can help your brand to stand out in the crowd. Connect with Matt on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram by searching Love of the Mouse Multimedia or at L-O-T-M Multimedia or visit loveofthemousepodcast.com or email loveofthemousepodcast at gmail.com to contact him about your design needs. We're talking logos, social media promos, advertisements, websites, and so much more. And if you're uh, looking for some more awesome Disney content, make sure and subscribe to his show, Love of the Mouse Podcast, on your favorite streaming applications. And tell him the Dawes sent you. I, I, I don't know if that'll get you anything. I've just always wanted to say that. Oh,